Our second reading is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 to 23. Though I am free and belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak, to win the weak. I have become all things to all men, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings. This is the word of the Lord. I'd like to introduce Peter Teagle to you. Um, I've been at St. Andrews for eight years, and we met for the first time this morning. I've been on the World Mission Group for seven years, and we've only met this morning. But it's great to have you with us. Peter, what do you do? Can you share a little bit? Um, Together with my wife, we work with uh, Friends International, as I'm um, Oxford City team leader. Um, So half my time I'm spent uh, working in Oxford, The other half is as um, Friends International's event speaker for international student events such as um, World, um, sorry, International Tracks for University Missions, Word Alive, and and such things. Great. Can I pray for you? Thank you. Lord, we thank you for Peter. We thank you for all the work that he's done to prepare for this morning. Would you bless that preparation? Would you speak through him? Would you use his words to reveal your truth to us this morning? Amen. Just want to reflect what Gordon just said and say thank you for the mission support and the prayers. Um, I always feel um, I actually have more requests from uh, I think St Andrew's Church for prayer items than any other church, um, which is fantastic. Thank you very much. When I was a student, rather a long time ago now, I began to realize that God was calling me to be a missionary. But two questions played on my mind. The first was, where? Where was he sending me? What people group? What language was I supposed to learn? Which country was I supposed to go to? And so every time I had a conversation with someone or went to a conference or read a missionary biography, I thought maybe this is the moment that God would use this situation to direct me to where he wanted me to go. But nothing really seemed to be very clear. In my desperation, I would try things like praying, closing my eyes, and stabbing my finger on a world map. And unless I missed my calling to the middle of the North Atlantic Ocean, God didn't choose that way to direct me. But the the second question was, how on earth was I ever going to pass a medical for a missionary organization. I was born with a a congenital heart defect, which was corrected when I was six and was corrected again last year. I have Stickler syndrome, which is a type 2 collagen disorder which affects my joints. It seemed highly unlikely 
that any mission organization was going to touch me with a barge pole. But after 10 years of following that rather indistinct call, including five years of living and training in Asia, the Lord answered both those questions in a single conversation. The medical officer from OMF held up my x-ray to the light and said, oh dear, you're not going anywhere. She said, your hips are a mess, which is why you can't walk, but I do believe you have a calling, she said. And she directed us to back to the UK to work with international students through the work of Friends International. That was 16 years ago. We spent six years working in Birmingham and the last nine, nearly 10 years here in Oxford. God actually used my failure to pass a medical for OMF to direct me to the people that he wanted us to reach. Not one people, not one nation or culture, but many. And sometimes when I'm smuggling extra pillows into a missionary conference for my back and my neck, I realize that I would have actually been a really rubbish missionary. But God in his economy has directed and used what we have. Now, international student ministry is a unique mission field. On the one hand, it's so simple that any believer with a welcoming heart and a gentle manner can be involved in it. On the other hand, it's deceptively complex because students come not only from one culture but from many. We don't see them as they are in their home culture because they are away from home, adapting to various degrees to our culture and our lifestyle. They are influenced, as we all are, by globalization. It is, as we have come to call it, mission at the complex interface of cultures. Now, the Apostle Paul knew something about this. Like our students, he was somewhat culturally hybridized himself, being Jewish by ethnicity and by conviction. He also spoke Greek. He was familiar with their poetry and their their literature and could move with ease between those cultures with significant freedom. In 1 Corinthians 9, Paul has been talking about his, his freedoms. He has the right as an apostle to, to receive a salary for his work of the gospel, to, to be married if he so chose. But he said he put aside those rights for the sake of the gospel. And in that context, he also says that he adapts his lifestyle and his choices and his his way of doing life according to the people that he's trying to reach. In verse 22, he says, I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. And I want to just very quickly go through that verse. Firstly, he said, I have become all things to all people. Well, many of the early believers thought you had to become Jewish in order to be a follower of Jesus or perhaps some thought you had to give up your Jewish identity altogether but Paul knew that he was able to move freely within these cultures to to be who they needed him to be in order to reach them for us maybe being all things to all people is a rather big ask but at least being some things to some people requires us to think about the people that we're trying to reach to think about their background to try as best as we can to understand their culture, their worldview issues, their questions, their hopes, their dreams, their values. And as best we can, represent Jesus into that situation. 
We really want to not only here find that, that students respond to the gospel in this country, but they understand it sufficiently so that they can see how Jesus can transform their culture when they go home. Secondly, it's by all possible means. Well, what exactly is possible? With my rather complex medical history, we also have a disabled son who is autistic. We can't go to Kazakhstan or to Japan or to Vietnam and live there long term. But maybe those are not limitations at all because in recent years we have seen people come to Christ from Kazakhstan, from Japan and from Vietnam, all of whom were students at Oxford Brookes University. So our health, our mortgages, our jobs, our responsibilities to young people or to young children or to aging parents may stop some of us going overseas, but they don't have to stop us meeting the needs of the people on our doorstep. Maybe we don't have to learn a language or uproot our families in order to reach them. By all possible means. Maybe a lot more is possible than we thought. He says, that I might save some. Well, Paul knew as well as we do that it's not us that do, do the saving. It's, it's the Holy Spirit's work to, to come and to, convi- to convince and to convict. But Paul is emphasizing here the role that he plays, or rather the role that we play in this process, doing what we can to be as available as possible to be used by God to reach people. You see, for the bottom line for Paul is, Within the bounds of Christian obedience, I do whatever I can, he says, to make sure the gospel is heard and communicated and received effectively. In Oxford, we have known about international student ministry for decades. It's kind of old news. We are familiar with the fact that we're surrounded by international students all the time. And surely with so many organizations and churches in Oxford, international student ministry is being done or has been done. Haven't we moved on from this? But it is not done. And we dare not move on. At Oxford Brooks alone, where I serve as international chaplain, there are some 3,000 international students at any one time and an interchurch team of volunteers we managed to reach or at least we managed to befriend less than two percent of them and communicate the gospel to far far fewer and of course the student population is constantly turning over so taking both universities in oxford together with the language schools after decades of ministry we really are just still scraping the surface You may say that's true of many mission fields. The difference is that this one is on our doorstep. The thing is that there may be a lot more that we can do. The job is far, far from done. We may just be scraping the surface, but we can be encouraged to look back over the decades of ministry and actually say, many students have come to know Christ. There are people in this world now who are transforming their own communities because faithful people from this church and from others have met the needs of international students, have befriended them, have been genuine friends, have reached out with the love of Christ, and people have responded. Perhaps we are spread pretty thin. We are busy people. 
and we certainly all live with limitations. Perhaps we can't be all things to all people, but perhaps we can be enough things to enough people so that between us, by all possible means, we might save a lot more than we are doing now. Thank you and bless you all.